Click Stuff is brought to you by Lucky Dice Cafe out of Huntsville, Alabama. Check them out at LuckyDiceCafe.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Clickstoff today. This is your host, Daniel Powell, speaking. Uh, just want to let everyone know that we do have a coupon code for trollandtoad.com. Coupon code Clickstoff for 5% all of, off of all of your Heroclix orders. Uh, we are currently running a uh, contest on our Facebook page. Page that is facebook.com forward slash clickstoff for a $50 web credit with Troll and Toad. All you have to do is comment your favorite non game element uh, for one entry, and the second entry can come from uh, signing up for our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash clickstoff to get an additional entry for the web credit. Also, we are doing our exclusive Patreon giveaway till August 15th, 2019. Uh, that includes uh, two redial WKO pieces, um, the uh, out-of-print and relatively, I believe, hard-to-find Harley Quinn dice and token set. Um, and then if we can get a few more folks and get us up to $110 a month, we will add in two Fast Forces Giant Girls and two Main Set Giant Girls. So, appreciate all of the support. Uh, and we'll be doing our class as well. So lots of stuff going on through Patreon and our Facebook page. So be sure to check all that out. Um, and then on the show with me today, I have uh, Jason Alvey. What's up, everybody? And then our special guest today is Mr. Devin Owens. Hi. Good to be here. And he is the newest Canadian national whiz kids national champion you mean um, only well <laughs> you know so um devin and i talked about this um it, it depends on how much you count for the whiz kid for the rock championships that are up there um so um the prizing is a, a about the same these days um you know, you don't get to design an ATA anymore for a WizKids title. You just get a bunch of prizes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, the the rock ones were won by Devin's buddies. Um, so I think oh, they were. Okay. I, think they, I think they were both. Because what was it? Um, Tom won last year. The rock yeah. one. And yeah, then, Tom won Canada Cup last year. And then yeah. uh, did Mike win one? Um, depend what what time period are you talking about like two years ago i think mike i think no i think it was jason mike won a provincials a couple years ago okay um jason won canada cup yeah i think that's won it twice yeah okay no it was tom that won it tom won it with the mary marvel gene gray team yeah that was an awesome team yeah so um you know canada has its fair share of its own winners um so you know, I, I thought about how to approach that, right? It's 
uh, again, it's it's not. I don't want to take anything away from your win, Devin. Um, but it's also not to take away anything from you know the country of Canada. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not like you're the. Uh, uh, it's not like you're the first player to have won something from Canada, but you're probably the winningest uh, Canadian Canadian player now. Um, well, he's just the first one that won the whiskey title. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. So yeah, I mean, it's been everybody's just talked about it so much. Right. No, I'm with you. So it's I, I all, he uh, should get his credit where it's due. Oh yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Like, so. I, I dubbed the King of Geese. That's what that's, that's what we'll call it. That's your unique name. Yeah, King of Geese. <laughs> there we go. So. <laughs> So, yeah, it's one of those things. I, I want to make sure that we're not taken away from anyone else's uh, efforts. So, um, no, I, Dev, I'm not trying to slight anybody, not in the least. Yeah, um, Devin. So, um, I want to know first, though, what happened to Tom Sunday? So, um, leading up to to Canadian Nationals, Tom told us that he couldn't come, um, and we were pretty sad about that because we wanted a we all wanted a canadian to win canadian nationals this year and tom's one of our best chances of doing so um and then tom showed up uh unexpectedly mike and i just sort of walked into the lobby from of the hotel that the event was happening at from our hotel and tom was standing there and we were like what are you doing here (laughs) you said you weren't coming um unfortunately tom decided to show up with uh, an animal themed team that he's been working on it it wasn't great (laughs) Okay. okay. As much as I wish it had been, uh, yeah, double dupe, a, a whale retaliator, a Gertrude Yorks, an old lace, and a lockjaw was, wasn't the recipe for success, unfortunately. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's different. <laughs> uh. He really likes that dupe, which is reasonable. I'm just not sure that's the shell for it. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? I mean, there's just long dials. Also, just didn't think he was coming, so yeah. didn't really have time to uh, to do the the amount of team building and stuff that he usually does. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I had a uh, I had a good match against Tom last year at uh, Rock World, so yeah. Um, I was uh, I was a little saddened not to see him, uh, you know, at the at the top at the top of the tables there. Uh, this weekend, but uh, yeah, I didn't know all of that, uh, not being able to show up and stuff. So, um, yeah, we we're, were glad he could show up in the end, but uh, it is sad that he didn't have time to prepare and do really well this time. Right. But at any rate, enough about Tom. We're here to talk about you. Um. So uh, before we get into your win, let's let's learn a little bit about you. Um. So we uh, the first set of questions is always how long you've been playing, um, and what's your favorite figure of all time. So I've been playing. Um, so I, there are two periods of my life of playing HeroClix. There's I was like eight. Um, I was playing around Secret Invasion up until um, HeroClix took the break for the year, and uh, I heard that it was shutting down and stuff. And then I didn't know that it had been revived for quite a long time. Um, back then, just played with my brother and my cousin. We bought some singles from a store around here called uh, Comic Warehouse, and uh, we didn't know the rules at all. Um, under our version of the rules, Secret Invasion Hercules was the strongest figure ever created. 
Um, <laughs> he could, because we thought you could move and make an attack separately, and that charge was a move action. Uh, so you could charge flurry and then flurry again for like 22 damage in one turn <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was very dumb. And not at all how you play the game. Um, and then when I was in uh, second year university, I was looking to get back into a hobby and I just got in Marvel Unlimited. So I was getting really into comics again and found out that some people at a nearby store uh, were playing Heroclix. And I decided to go out and play and uh, started playing again. Moved back to Toronto and met all of the uh, Married with Clicks Metal Lab people and uh, went from there. Um, as far as favorite figure, uh, I always like to say Crisis Trigon for this. Um, he was my favorite figure when I was a kid. Uh, under our version of the rules, he was ridiculously strong. Um, we also didn't know about action tokens at the time. <laughs> so there's no question <laughs> damage or anything. People could just do stuff forever. <laughs> I love that piece. I can't when I play him because uh, he has one of the longest special powers ever written, I think. Um, I had to reprint a card for him on just like full 8x11 paper because on his real card, the power is almost illegible. It's oh, like wow. a full paragraph of text. You create these like weird special terrain markers that act kind of like blocking terrain, but kind of like characters and you have to break away from them. And if you fail to break away from them, they give you action tokens and I don't remember whether you can shoot out of adjacency or not. It's just one of the most confusing powers ever written. And it its entire goal is basically to stop your opponents from doing anything. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I see that. That um, I w- and I will say this: I want to play on. I want to play on the eight-year-old version of your rules. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I do anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun at the time. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'll, I'd love to be able to just continuously act with my pieces. Yeah, it was uh, great. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, I love that. Um. So now, I guess you are you're are you technically part of the married? Is your is your team the the married with the uh, clicks uh, metal lab crew or? Yeah, it is. Cool. Yeah, they're the ones yeah. that I play test with. I I'm fairly frequent guest on uh, on the metal lab and uh shout out to all of them always fun to play test with them and build and stuff we have a group chat where we do a lot a lot of team building and stuff it's 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 a good team yeah yeah facebook uh, messenger and discord and stuff those are some invaluable uh collaboration tools these days um yeah so that, that's cool yeah the, the married with uh Married with, I keep wanting to say married with children because that's what they're kind of playing off of. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the married with uh, clicks uh, folks are some really good folks. So um, it's glad uh, glad to have another one of them on the show, aka you. So um, so the uh, so you may not have uh, listened to the show much before, um, but someone on our show knows all about you. Um, and that's uh, Mr. Chomps, our uh, nasty ass wrestling alligator mascot. Um, have, have you heard about Mr. Chomps before, Devin? I have not. Okay, well, um, he he scopes out all of our new guests, um, and he offers a proposal for your life. Um, <laughs> so the question is, would you rather wrestle? Mr. Chomps, the nasty-ass wrestling alligator, 
in a fight to the death or fight a brigade of traitorous Canadian geese that have turned their allegiance on their native lands? <laughs> mm, it's a good question. Um, I probably have more experience with Canadian goose fighting than alligator fighting. <laughs> they were all over my uh, my old university campus. Um, but they were terrifying there. They would take over all of the paths. You couldn't walk to, to and from your dorm. There was actually somebody built a tool um, that tracked where the Canadian geese nested so that you could avoid it as you walked. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I'm gonna go have to go with the uh, with the alligator. I know what kind of numbers those geese can show up in when they right. And th and those geese that were at your university were probably ones that were still loyal to the Canadian uh, soil. It's true. So okay, all right, Mr. Chomps, uh, Mr. Chomps accepts your challenge. So don't get me wrong, I would probably die either way. <laughs> That is possible. We tr we tr we do try to make the decision awful hard. So, but uh, no, Mister uh, Mister Chomps is what Jason about fifty percent on his uh, take up rate for uh, for actually getting to wrestle yeah. people. I, I think so. Pretty so, close to it. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's pretty hungry because. Uh, I think uh, Pat Fraser was gonna. The, the, you know what? That makes the you were the, you're the second second national champion this summer that was gonna take down uh, uh, Mr. Chomps. Good to know we're consistent. Yeah. Well, Pat had to take the choice between that or eating his cat. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd go with Mr. Chomps for that one too. Because <laughs> I don't know if you saw Pat Fraser has a custom shirt with his uh, cat on it. Like it That's has a horrible. it has a bunch of pictures of it like headshots of his cat. It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I did not notice that. Yeah, yeah, it's better in person. Maybe I'm sure I'm hoping he wears it to uh, to worlds. So, um, well, let's just dive in and talk about your uh, your Canadian Nats win. Um, so. Uh, first of all, tell us tell us the breakdown. What what uh, what was your full team that you played? All right. So um, going into the weekend, I had a lot of different teams, uh, which I play tested and eliminated one by one. Um, I play tested this team exactly once before the tournament started against Scott <laughs> Crampton on Friday, um, and decided that it was good enough that uh, it was sort of a solid team, but I wasn't. Like I, I thought it was good, but I wasn't that excited to play it um, until the tournament actually started, and I realized a bunch of stuff that it could do. Um, so I played Collector with the Reality Gem, Trader, um, and another Trader. Uh, the Traders almost always got a Space Gem and a Mind Gem each. Gardener with the Mind Gem, Flora, Colossus, Mangog, Groot, and the, uh, the Tank, and a Nightbringer Ring for that nice free smoke cloud on Gardener. In order to make attacks after taxi, and then some IDs, uh, just two Cyclopses, a Rusty, and a Wolfwing. Nice. Those are always solid choices. Yeah. Um, Needed something that somebody other than Collector could call out, and Rusty is really the most solid choice for that until Regenesis is uh, is legal. Yes. Yeah, and we talked about um, all of those tasty options that are going to be forty points and below a couple of a couple of episodes ago. Yep. Um, 
Man, that's going to be fantastic. I just uh, that's going to make those pieces that are just under fifty points even better than they already are. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, is it ever? Um, that's just it. To I don't know. Like I can't just overstate how insane some of those things are going to be. Uh, now you're not getting like free attacks and all this other stuff from the headmasters, but my goodness, there's enough perplexes from traders and um, you know traders, collectors and gardeners and all these other guys, all these old dudes wearing their jewelry um, <laughs> that uh, that they'll get pumped up just fine, I think. Um, so yeah, really uh, a big reason that the team works as well as it does is having three perplexes and two probs is always a good recipe to start. Right. You can never go wrong with having that many support powers and that that much number and roll fudging. Now you you said you played with collector, um, but not unseen. Yeah, yeah. So it, this is very similar to a team that Dustin Cedars played the week before. No, sure, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. In the online win a map, um, which I saw and took inspiration from, but I just I wanted. Um, first of all, Unseen without Kobic right now is very unlikely to actually get to outwit all that much. There just isn't that much on map that doesn't have Power Cosmic team ability, although that may change. Um, and I, I really like, don't like the matchup against Vulture without the Collector there. Um, I just think it's really, really hard if you can't take all of Vulture's objects to, to beat him. So I, I wanted the Vulture for that matchup. I, think, I thought it made that... Uh, that matchup way better. Sure. Sure. Now uh, I'll just I'll just go ahead and ask. I'm I'm assuming you didn't have to face Emily, or did you have to face? I Emily? did actually. First round. <laughs> <laughs> now, did of you... course, went all the way to Montreal to play in Canadian Nationals and faced Emily first round. Now, did she beat? Did she? Did she? Uh, did you win or lose? Well, I went undefeated on the day. Okay, so, so you it... did. <laughs> but it was a close game. Right. So, yeah. I mean, like. Uh, uh, Sam, um, my wife, and uh, Emily talked quite a bit, and yeah. we had talked. She had talked about putting the blood axe on the team, so yep, I was I was kind of expecting Emily to just six exploit every um, elder that she faced. Oh, absolutely! Um, if I couldn't have taken it before she could do that, then she absolutely would have done. So, that. did you let her have the ock arms instead? So I actually, what I did was on turn one, I ran out and I grabbed the Auk Arms, um, and then she equipped the Blood Axe, and I traded for it. Oh. Mm. Oh, man. So Vulture had a Space Gem, which made him less threatening. Right. Still threatening. <laughs> Still right. not something you can totally ignore, but even with max perplexed up damage, he can't get through an, uh, an Elder without Exploit or, any, or uh, Flurry, so... Gotcha. It just made that uh, that much easier. It is possibly an argument for putting a um, an ID that gives exploit on a vulture team, just as a as a backup plan there. So the 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 only problem with that in general, and I talked to uh, and I talked to Emily about that too, was um, there's no there's no one you can call in yet until Regenesis. Oh, which ID gives exploit? Uh, Psylocke. Psylocke oh, and... Yeah, yeah there's, uh, there's literally nothing. <laughs> right, there's literally nothing for this event. And then, what is it? No, Rogue gives out steel energy. I thought there was yeah. two that give out uh, exploit. Yeah, I thought one of the... One was it one of the, Is it uh, Kate is Pride, it Kitty? maybe? That... I feel like it's Kitty. 
Yeah it, yeah, it is. And the common misconception that I ran into, just as a point for folks that are listening, um, the Harley Quinn ID uh, intimidation is exploit. Um, that means you does not give exploit. It does not give exploit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've gotten that. I've filled that question a couple of times, but yeah, no, it was exploit. Yeah, um, Kate Pride does. Um, yeah. So yeah, you could call out a, a sprite or a shadow cat and help out with that. But then it's it's one of those things like you're already including the Ock arms and the blood axe as a backup. And How then, many backups do you want to? And then you're yeah, and then you're going with the next backup of you know the ID card. Although you know calling out the. Uh, you know the kid, the new Kitty Pride or Sprite's not the worst thing in the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because you'll be able to make the, I mean, especially when Regenesis comes out, and you can make a Pog for free for that too. But yeah, that Lockheed is really good, although less good against Elders of the Universe than some other things. Right. <laughs> I faced a lot of people who had a Harley call in, and I would, and I when I ran across the map, a lot of them were like, "Should I call in Harley? It will deal no damage. <laughs> It'll double token things, but." Right. Yeah, which doesn't affect your team at all because you can just attack for free. Yeah, exactly. I can attack for free and sidestep away like three times. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that that team does is free actions. Right. So you know, for those you know, we've it's one of those things. Tell, so tell us a little bit about um, your kind of turn one two uh, setup with that team to kind of give folks an idea of how. Uh, the free attacking gardener uh, operates. Right, yeah. So um, so you need a, a Nightbringer on your main force, um, and you need uh, somebody who can equip the Nightbringer ring so that you can eventually trade it to your gardener, um, or have gardener equip it and then pick up the gem with somebody else potentially, but that's that's more actions usually, so I don't, I don't generally do that. Um, so I had Collector for that purpose because he can just have any number of items uh, equipped um, I would have a trader with a mind, uh, not a mind, a time gem, and one with a space gem. Gardener would run out, grab the time, uh, grab the Nightbringer ring, bring it back to Collector, who would equip it. I'd trade Collector a Nightbringer ring for a time gem, so he would have perplex and prop. Um, and then I'd carry up which uh, the trader that currently has Nightbringer, uh, and the next turn he would trade it to Gardener. Um, generally, on turn one, I would position so that the next turn I could make a Cyclops call in. Um, and use most of my perplexes on that and then run as far forward as I could, obviously dependent on the matchup, to make a free attack on something else. Gotcha. Yeah, that uh, that Nightbringer ring with Gardner is 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 silly. Yeah, a lot of people look at it uh, initially and, and see the combo, but think that they sort of have to commit fully to making it an Alpha Strike team then. But just having it be a effectively a very very large swing attack is really really good you don't have to commit fully to the alpha strike sure yeah yeah My you don't really yeah you don't have to run across the the entire map unless you want to it's just a really good option right um gosh i was going so so collector was probably the key there cuz i think on dustin's version so Gardner would start starts with the time, yeah, time gem. Time yeah. gem. So he would have Gardner drop the time gem, 
so that um, Unseen could pick up the time gem. Um, what does Unseen do with a time gem? Well, so he's already got prob. Yeah, um, it's just plus one range then. Plus one range, but you can you can traitor yeah. traitor it around, right? That's so, um, I mean, and you know, it's one of those things that. Um, um, yeah. So my team my team was slightly different than Dustin's. It ended up with an extra perplex, effectively. Sure. Over Dustin's. Right. Um, it was one outwit down. I had no access to outwit of any kind. I basically didn't regret that. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's, so it's one of those things we're talking about it being, you know, Dustin's team or, or your team, and you know, it's I, I want to. There be, are definitely similarities. It was totally yeah, inspired. Like right, I'm not going to yeah. pretend that's not true. Well, and, and, I, I'm and, thankful that he that he uh, post that he played that team before because it got me thinking about how good Gardner could be. Sure. Um, and you know, we talked about Gardner, but this is you know, uh, this is kind of one of our goals of the whole of the whole goals of being at the podcast is just sharing information and you know there's a lot of things to where i don't think it's anybody particularly owns a team anymore um because you know we see gardner released right and we see the nightbringer ring previewed about the same time and it's like hey guys hey that's a good that's a thing do that (laughs) right that's a that's a that's totally uh that's totally what we like to do but i mean i think really the the difference is is you know the practice and the consideration that you put into being a, a really good team builder and in, in practice um that that's what really puts folks over the top these days um but no i like that uh, i did like that your team had a different perplex now but man no outwit that would uh so i guess i'll ask from an outwit perspective did you face any unis uh i didn't on the day um i faced one in practice event the day before but with a different team mm-hmm. um no, I did. I didn't face any on the day itself. What I probably should have done was instead of the Wolverine ID, bring a Professor X ID so that I had access to an outwit off the sideline for that matchup. Mm-hmm. Because really, I, I used the Wolverine ID like never. <laughs> I was very rarely close enough to my opponent's team to actually make use of it. Yeah. Now, did you? Was it a wanted or a or a headmaster? Headmaster uh, healing is always relevant. I almost always play headmaster over wanted. Yeah, yeah, same here. I agree. With I didn't that. really use it uh-huh. that day, but in past tournaments, the healing on from a Wolverine ID has saved me. Yeah, so times. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can overvalue how how good just having a random click of healing can be in in any particular matchup. Right, exactly. Well, you know what's um, I think interesting um, on your team is now you you know I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Um, man, that Professor X calling would have been good. Yeah, because uh, the because you could have went Brood X for matches that you don't need uh, outwit, and then Gardner has an empower available to him. Yeah, I was heavily debating it mm-hmm. the day before, and I, I eventually decided to play the Wolverine because healing is good. But I, I think I would have gotten more use out of the Professor X. I don't know how often I would have called him in either, but uh, I do think he was probably the better choice. Yeah. Well, and then the uh, the hatchling fellas can uh, carry your, um, you know, carry your elders around too. Oh, totally. So yeah, hatchlings are awesome. Yeah, yeah. You got me thinking about that. I Man, I, I I do I do a lot of team building, and we do as a too yeah so yeah you yeah, got me going you got me. Into the weekend i built i had so um 
the, the week before, I played in a WKO in Ottawa, where I brought a team that was Kobic Trader Starfire Voyager. Um, it, it just wasn't good. I, I went 0-3. <laughs> I, my opponents just got through my rollouts, which will happen sometimes. It was a very luck-dependent team. Mm. Um, I was playing it very aggressively, which just wasn't the right way to play it. So on like the Tuesday before Canadian Nationals, I just went completely back to the drawing board. I sent a list of every figure that I thought was good in modern to the uh, to uh, the Metal Lab group chat. <laughs> and was like, hey, am I missing anything, guys? And then I built like seven or eight teams out of that and whittled them down to like four before the weekend, playtested them all the weekend and whittled it down to one eventually. Yeah, I think you had a really good process there um, with your team building. Um, but dang it, if like at the top of my head here, I'm not thinking about Brood X and Gardner going together now. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things. You get my wheels turning on something, and I'll uh, I'll have to just flesh out the whole uh, thought process on it. But um, no, I like it. So uh, the next thing would be. Um, so you played five rounds, top eight. Yeah, five rounds, top eight. Um, so give consult bullet down in general to your top three favorite uh, moments from the tournament. Yeah. So um, round one against against Emily stealing her blood axe, trading it to Gardener to heal back up to top click. Well, not quite top, obviously, because I can't heal past starting line. But um, as far as I could, was a lot of fun. She hit him for a lot of damage on turn two, and then I just <laughs> kept healing with steel energy and, and regen because uh, he was on last click. Um, in in my round, uh, in my round um, four, no wait, round four, round five, round five game against Scott. Um, Scott was playing a really interesting team that was double Astronomer Vulture, um, which actually, I, I didn't initially see the synergy there, but what it did really, really well was when your opponent won map roll, they didn't know what map to pick. Because if you pick an indoor map with a lot of blocking, it hinders the Astronomers, but it allows the Vulture to set up very, very easily. You can't steal his arms, you can't really interfere with him setting up and if you pick an outdoor maps that you can interfere with vulture then you're dealing with two astronomers instead um so i did eventually pick an indoor map because i was just slightly less threatened by one vulture than two astronomers i thought um i think it was the right choice in the end but it was a very hard choice sure uh and that game ended with me uh having um a collector and a, a trader left stealing, trading for his power gem off of his astronomer and attacking with like a 12 and 4 trader or something <laughs> which is just ridiculous you look at his stats and he has 10 and 2 and you never expect him to get that high stats oh my gosh yeah Fun. and then um, I don't know if I would go with favorite but definitely one of the most impactful moments of the day was in my top 4 game against Patricia Lamb um, she was playing uh, Kobik and Unseen, which on an open map was one of my least favorite matchups going in. I just, I really didn't want to face it on an open map because I rely pretty heavily on having reducers. Um, so if Unseen can see to outwit me consistently, then it's pretty easy to chew through my team. Um, and of course she won map. <laughs> and so we went, to, I went across the map and I killed her Groot and 
we traded a bit. She killed my gardener. I killed her trader. She killed my second trader, and she was up by like 50 points. But to kill my second trader, she had to leave her Jean Grey on the map. And I, uh, I perplexed her Kobix defense down twice and retaliated with my Mangog with an 8 attack. Rolled an 8 to hit. She probed it. I rolled another 8 to hit. She probed it. I rolled a crit and killed her entire team. Oh my and gosh. I was just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't think that was going to be the result of that retaliation. It was, it, it saved the game for me. Like, I had a chance to win still. I wasn't totally out of the game or anything, but that just won me the game instantly. Right, yeah, you're thinking about like, uh, well, if this doesn't work, then I need to do this, this, and this, and yeah, then you exactly. just come out like, of it and I you're like... To, like do like a voop with Kobix blue cube and then trade for it and then do another one, call it a Cyclops so that I can have two perplexes and a prob on it, like all this complicated stuff. And then suddenly it was just like, Oh no, I, I win. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a crazy moment. It was, <laughs> right. it was now, intense. Um, and this is just for our, um, our folks. Did now that you was was Jean Grey in the uh, Mangog retail? Yeah. Did did Patricia roll for the Age of Apocalypse? I don't think she did. I think she was just like oh. her entire team was dead, except for like a Flora Colossus at that point. Oh yeah. Well, um, not not. And this is again not judging anybody or whatnot, but. Um, and this is something I tell my guys in practice. If somebody goes after your Jean Grey um, and kills it, always roll for the Age of Apocalypse. That You yeah. never know when that one damage can be impactful. Well, so, like, well, yeah, because, like, it just, it happen. it doesn't happen after resolutions. It happens immediately. Right, so you would get to make the second attack if you died. Right, so Mangog would just die. <laughs> yeah, um, that didn't matter there again because... The whole the first attack was the only one that happened. Even yeah, uh, I got you. Oh, so everything was wounded. Yeah, that was that's that's bad when. Well, it was does. a crit knock back into walls. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's yeah. just insane. Mm. It, it could have been like if it was like crit knock back off of elevation would have been worse, I suppose. But not when things have six clicks. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, because you're yeah. She, he's dealing five, and then the knock. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. Bad. It just it killed everything instantly. Her, right. his, her Kobik was already on click number two, um, oh, so even the five would have killed her. But wow. it was just, it was, it was bad. Yeah, hey, it was know. my least favorite matchup for a reason. I, I, I was, um, I wasn't favored in that matchup. I was losing it. Uh, I would have needed some fairly decent luck to win it, and I got it. I would say <laughs> this: it's, it uh, there's nothing wrong with being lucky as opposed to good. <laughs> Everybody's lucky. Everybody who wins a tournament has yeah. at least one moment of really, yeah. really good luck, right? You yeah. can't get through an entire tournament without doing something where you're like, where they're like, okay, well, if this hits, I win, and they just don't hit, or the other way around. Right. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's it's a dice game. Um, yep. But yeah, no, I. Uh, it's funny. I, I mentioned that to one of our teammates in practice about the Jean Grey. I went over with my Groot and smashed her. And I was like, hey, don't forget to roll your Jean Grey because I was going to drop a walking wood and attack his right. Groot and drop another walking wood. And he rolled it and it killed my Groot. And I was like, <laughs> crap. <laughs> so it is optional. I mean, it is one of those things. It is optional. You don't have to do it. So if, if you just forget to do it, you know, there's nothing wrong because, you know, you just. Yeah, the game state is still legal, but. Right. You should. 
So, so don't ever forget to uh, to stack up those Age of Apocalypse tokens or whatever they're called. But um, so you faced uh, Mike White in the finals. Uh, what was uh, what was Mike playing? Uh, Mike was playing a very similar team to Patricia, actually. Um, so Patricia was playing uh, Kobik Unseen Trader. Um, she was playing the TK Ring that allows you to move something one for free, mm-hmm. um, and she would equip that on Unseen and then swap the Reality Gem over so that she ended up with three perplexes and two TKs and could yo-yo her Kobik and stuff. It was it was really cool. Um, and you never know when one free movement is going to be really helpful. It was in uh, in our game. She pooped something with it that she wouldn't have been able to poof otherwise. Um, and then Mike was playing uh, Copic Unseen, Mr. Oz, with Mangog and Groot, um, and a, uh, a Beetle Pod. <laughs> I think that's the only main force Beetle Pod that I've ever seen. Um, it was equipped to Unseen in every game. It was really good. Unseen could carry Kobik around. Um, he had toughness so that he couldn't be poisoned. If he got hit by a tank, he wasn't half dead, only a quarter. It was, it was awesome. It worked really, really well. It's very cool. That's um, that's impressive. Yeah, and if your opponent is spending a turn killing the beetle pod, do you care that much? <laughs> right. They're up by five points now, and they've maybe overextended to do it. Great. Right. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not indestructible, right? No, it's not. You can just do yeah. a call in. But if your opponent's using their resources to do that, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's not a Cyclops or a Jean Grey that's going to shoot your Kobic later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially when you have that much Super Senses on one team. So the other really impactful thing on Mike's team was the Wakanda map bonus. Um, we played a practice game the day before where I was playing a, a Kobic uh, with Miss Marvel Retaliator team. Um, which I ended up deciding not to play because I just didn't think it was quite good enough. And I did the trick where you call out an X-Men call-in and you swap their X-Men team ability with Mr. Oz's Superman ally so that they can see through stealth. Um, it's one of my favorite tricks in the game. <laughs> it's just it's just really funny. People think that their Mr. Oz's and Unseen's are safe and suddenly they just don't have stealth, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the Wakanda reroll, he just rolled out of everything. Didn't kill anything. Oh, wow. Wow. So was the finals, did you win map or did he win map? I won map, yeah. Yeah, winning map against Kobik Unseen is huge for my team. Sure. Uh, I had a plus seven for my map roll, whereas he only had a plus five and Patricia had a plus six. So I was slightly favored on map in those matchups. But if I had lost it, uh, it would have been a very different game. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um yeah, I like it. I like uh, I like how the um, I like how the meta currently is. There's nothing guaranteed, um, and that while you can, can try to control like map roll dice by having a theme team, um, you know some of that is still up to chance. So like a, a four has just as good of a chance as a seven. I'm, I know not statistically. Um, but it I, definitely can happen. It definitely can. Because a three, you know, if you think about it, right, if you roll a three and they roll a six, you know, it's a six total and they roll a seven, right, they win. Um, so if you have one bad roll and they have one decent roll, you know, the you can overcome some of those really smaller gaps. Um, definitely happened to me. I lost my top eight map roll. Um, my opponent had a map bonus of plus zero. I had plus seven. 
Oh well, yeah. I've seen I've seen it happen. Oh I've gosh, seen it happen. Yeah. He crit it. <laughs> I rolled like a three. <laughs> oh wow, that's that is intense. Yeah. yeah. It, it, um, fortunately, his team just wasn't one that cared about map that much. He was playing a, a Kobic Sheriff Strange Tri Sentinel team, um, so it just wasn't that threatened by his choice by him being able to pick map. But okay, so you played uh, John Eric Hafford. Yes, that's I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, yep. but uh, yeah, we've been talking about his team, and Isaac had played that in American Nats with uh, Mangog. Over, yeah, um, yeah, that was the idea between, behind my um, Kobic Miss Marvel team that I considered as well. Yeah, because she also just has a large AOE retaliation. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then, uh, if you, you're yeah. playing two marbles for the price of one Mangog, so you have a little bit of redundancy, and you're not giving up 30 points every time you retaliate and hit something. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Marvel is super scary. Yeah, she's she's a little underutilized, I think. But she it's is. Better on teams. Yeah. The the problem is Medusa Swarm should be playing her. What's that? I think that more people who are playing Medusa Swarm teams should be playing her. Yes, because, over giant girls. Yeah, because she's a she. The I think that she has two things that kind of go against her, is that she's five points more than a giant girl. Yeah. Um, but what I do like is that she is a fantastic Medusa carrier. Eleven movement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean to where uh, a giant girl can only go nine. Uh, she can at least go ten with the plus one movement. Um, you know, I think that's the big problem with the Medusa's team is that they just don't have that one turn full map reach. Um, yeah, yeah, you really have to creep up with Voyager a little bit before you can do it. Yeah, and that can be just a a devastating thing against you know a vulture or you know something yeah, like that. Yeah, that is the worst matchup. <laughs> I feel really sorry. Like, they don't need their arms or anything. <laughs> they can just run across the map and kill your entire team in one turn. Right, yeah, so as soon as you break first turn immunity, they're just like, okay, I'm going to send out Vulture, here he goes, 14 attack, 5 damage, and eat, eat, nobody's eat, playing eat. a Vulture team that doesn't have full map reach. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, I don't know. That's, uh, it's good stuff right now, I think. Um, I don't think any one thing is just so overwhelmingly good. Like I think cosmic is is the top, but I also think that there's other things coming up through the ranks as we get closer to worlds. Yeah, um, I'll be interested to see uh, to see how the metal evolves as people adapt mm-hmm. to Kobic a bit. Right. Because I think one of the reasons that Kobic started out so dominant is that um, a lot of people were playing cosmic keyworded stuff largely because it was better than everything else because of the cosmic team ability um like if you're looking at two pieces they're similarly good and one has power cosmic and the other one doesn't you're just going to play the one with power cosmic but right. maybe that's just right. not the case with Kovic around maybe uh there's other things with good support that just didn't have power cosmic so weren't quite as good but now might be it'll be right. interesting to see what people find yeah, I think the the most interesting thing was um, that we saw this weekend was uh, Randy Carter one hour WKO at uh, in Owensboro um, and got second at the Lexington one that I won the next day with uh, Hulk and Vulture together. Uh. So um, 
it's kind of like the idea of um, Pat's, uh, you, yeah. know, Nat, you know, that Just team. a one-two mm-hmm. punch. Yeah, a good one-two punch. Um, yeah. But to be fair, if Hulk and Oz, or Hulk and um, Vulture go down, it's done. So, yeah. because the rest of the team can't attack, really. Um, yeah, so, and uh, Unimind doesn't seem like a great matchup for that team. Uh, it wasn't. Um, yeah, the, the finals of that yeah, on Sunday went uh, um, Uni rolled Shape Change on Vulture and rolled Super Senses on Hulk. And yeah. <laughs> Nuclear blasted both of them. Um, there we go. So, I mean, that's a thing. Right. Um, the other really, um, really interesting thing about the finals against Mike um, was that uh, we had met earlier in Swiss um, and I had tanked pretty much his whole team and then gone up and stolen his blue cube and double tokened his Kobic for the rest of the game and there just wasn't anything he could do about it so in the finals he just decided he had to play orange cube yeah that makes sense which I actually think is right like I, I don't if you don't have a traitor of your own and you're facing traitors on the opposing team yeah I don't see how you can play blue cube. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Even if it's generally better and it gives you a little bit more mobility for Collins and stuff, as soon as they get to you. Right. Well, I mean, well, typically Kobic, the Kobic team has the Chase genes at you know ninety, um, and they don't have someone that can use. It depends, right? Either they have unseen that can do sixty, but you have to think about that ahead of time if you're going to use the blue cube. Um. You know, maybe offer the blue cube up as bait, so that unseen can call out sixty point genes. But um, you know, it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other, right? Because you definitely lose yeah. your blue cube, and you end up with a space gem. Yep, exactly. It, Every time, it's one. No of, reason to it's one of those things. Else. Like a space gem is inc- a space gem is incredibly powerful to have on your team to start out with, uh, but then you don't want it after a bit. <laughs> You're like, totally fine giving that away. <laughs> I'll give this guy away. I will give this guy away, no problem. <laughs> so, uh, let's just jump into our uh, our listener questions here. Um, so, a few different things, and we can all kind of talk about this stuff. But uh, we'll, Sorry, we'll, we'll, before we get started on that, yeah, uh, do you mind if we take a quick break? Uh, yeah, hang on. Alright, well... Uh, Devin, um, again, uh, it's been great to hear about your, uh, uh, specific tournament experiences and, uh, you know, congratulations. So, thank you. Um, we're, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Worlds in a, a few short weeks, essentially. Yeah, it really uh, is coming up quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so, um, we'll be, uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing how you do at, uh, at Worlds for sure. Um, Me too. I hope I get crit less than last year. Crit less than last year? Yeah, I was playing Witch Queen last year. Okay. Um, Witch Queen does not love crits. My oh, So I won yeah. my first game. My mm-hmm. second game, my opponent uh, ran across the map, crit me. First attack, no prob. Third game, mm-hmm. opponent ran across the map, made a Harley Quinn call in, needed a 10 to even hit, crit first try, no prob. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, sometimes that happens. Oh wow! So did you not have any prob, or did they not have any prob? Well, they had prob on the attack. They just didn't have to use it. 
Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's it was insane. interesting. That's not a great insane. feeling. <laughs> not a great start. No. <laughs> oh man. I was okay with it. I I did well. I did well enough the day before that I was like, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But yeah, um, not only are you a Canadian national champion, you are a team world champion. So yes, you are third Canadian world championship. <laughs> you're uh, you're just you're continuing your legacy at this point, really. Totally. Um, so, man, I tell you though, I'm I'm proud that you uh, pulled uh, that you played Witch Queen. I just I've wanted her to be so I wanted her to be better than she is. Yeah, um, um, I think there was one team that she was good on. I think she was really good with Lockjaw and Ironheart. Uh, there was flex points after that. I played just because extra pogs are awesome with her mm-hmm. and just extra offense off of them. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't think she was that great, and she was so vulnerable to outwit, so as soon as people started playing a lot of Unseen, just went downhill. Yeah. And you just, I, I am sad that I didn't get a chance to try her with Foggy Nelson before he rotated out, because he solves all of her issues, other than that he's very killable. <laughs> right. Yeah, other than Foggy Nelson's terrible. <laughs> yes, exactly. Other than being a really bad piece. He synergizes incredibly well with her. Unfortunately, he's awful. <laughs> right. And then, like, a lot of... Yeah, and, like, a lot of the things that she pairs with, like, well, mystical-wise, like, just eat up so many points. Yeah, Uh, like, uh, Zatanna, awesome with her. You can mastermind to bats. She has prob, she has perplex, but is 75 points. Right. And dies at the drop of a hat. Right. (laughs) So I really preferred to play the more undying stuff with her, um, because then at least you had a backup plan. Yeah, and then, so I've talked about maybe playing her with, uh, with the game boss, uh, Shredder. Yeah. But that's, uh, but that's 100 points. (laughs) <laughs> so you're now you're at 250 points or 200 points total, um, and it's just man, there's just not enough that just works together well with her. So what I am interested um, to see with her actually is um, once the WWE figures are out, they come with new movement powers. Mm-hmm. So technically, uh, she'll have access to other things. So I wonder what they'll be. We so don't know that, that much yet. So that is totally Jake Carlisle's first question. Do you think WWE yeah. clicks will mix up the meta scene? I don't know the answer to that. Um, so one thing is that almost all of the stuff that makes them good comes from their team ability, right? Because um, it, it gives you WWE rules and all that kind of stuff. So I think they probably match up poorly against Kobik. Not quite sure how that interaction works. Yeah, I mean, so the way they talked about it is is if your opponent or yourself are playing a WWE figure, you have access to that pack. Right. So, yeah. um... It's a weird, weird, weird thing. I, I don't know how it's going to work. But man, uh, you've got me... Yeah. You've got me... Oh, man. I'm glad you're on... I'm just going to say this. Like, er, this is Whenever I'm talking like this, this is me thinking... And yeah. uh, Witch Queen having all of the WWE movement powers that we don't even know exist yet. Yeah, we don't know what they're going to be. But if they're really good, then maybe they'll add a new dimension to her. Um, also, if we get something Undying-ish that can be masterminded to out of WWE, like if an Undertaker or something is like that, um, then it could be really, really good. And Undertaker could even be mystical. <laughs> yeah, could. yeah, it could be theme. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I'll be interested to see as the as more of that gets spoiled. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, we don't know enough to say for sure whether they're going to be good yet. Again, we don't know what most of the new powers do. We don't we don't know uh, what most of the dials are. Um, but I think we'll see something from it in the in the meta scene. I'd say probably. Yeah, yeah. Witch Queen coming over and charge body slamming you or something. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um. So Ryan Nelson, um, and this is something I want to get your um. So how he asked the question is, how do you feel traders impacting the meta scene? So I'll ask the question this way. Do you think that trader is meta currently defining the meta scene? So I think with, I think with the pieces that other people are playing, yes. Um, he's, he's very good with Kobik. He's very, very good against Kobik. Um, the ability to take 115 points of your opponent's team out of the fight almost immediately is is ridiculous i played one game at canadian nationals where my opponent had was playing trader collector kobik um i killed off and mr oz and the Groot. i killed off the mr oz and the Groot. i knocked trader past his power with a free attack from gardener and then i just stole kobik's cube he had no collins that anybody else but kobik could make and i just kept giving his collector battle fury with gardener and it just he was locked out of the game with three figures alive Right. Like it was really, really silly. Um, I, I think that if people stop playing as many objects, he'll be less good, but still amazing. Especially with the barrier ring being released. Barrier ring and trader is permanent barrier, and also super rare Joker's Wild Green Lantern, or two super rare Joker's Wild Green Lanterns, effectively mm -hmm. for five points. If you're already playing a trader, that's going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but now here's my counterpoint. They're pretty dang squishy. Like, and that's, like my like at the WKO Sunday, I killed a Kobic with a walking wood. <laughs> yeah, that happened to my Kobic in the WKO that I O three. Uh, not walking wood specifically, but I just kept running up beside people and I was like, okay, so uh, I have a prob, you don't. I have shape change super senses, you need to hit two eights and I need to miss all of my rollouts. Oh, that happened? Okay. <laughs> right. That's yeah. That's it. And, and, and it feels like, and just in general, right, like if, if I'm playing, doesn't matter, right? Let's just play, I'm playing any sort of team. Um, I should have a chance to answer against Trader. Like, if I just play a Groot and have two Walking Woods that are next to my important pieces, like... Yeah, the positioning is very important there. Yeah, the positioning is very important, and, like, I feel like I should have, like, a chance to I think kill. a lot of people didn't realize how big of a threat the Traders were. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can see that. And especially, I think, having two Traders <laughs> is much better than one for threatening a Kobik, because they can deal with one, sure, definitely. Can they deal with two quickly enough? Maybe not. It's less right. likely. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, he's just, he's six clicks still. He has a heavy reducer. Um, turns out that there isn't actually that much Psychic Blast in the meta right now. Especially if I'm on your side of the map. Right. Yeah, that's true. true. So I think maybe the... Uh... The answer is, is make sure that your walking woods are close by and they hit. Yeah, that'll help for sure. He only has 17 defense. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's not that hard to hit. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
No, no, yeah. Uh, and then it only takes, what, two clicks to get him past his, his special power, yeah, right? Yeah, that's the thing. If you hit both of them past their special power, then they're poison. <laughs> so, Great. let me ask this question then. So this is something that I saw in the in the results. Or at least uh, not in the results in, in some of the prepping post uh, or whatever. Like the beginning of the day post. Like, hey, I'm playing yeah. this. Um, do the teams with no IDs um, to not make the uh, elders activate, are they worth it? I don't think so. Um, I, I've always said this. Uh, I think that IDs are the most important right now because of retaliators. Um, if you don't have IDs and you're facing something with retaliators, you're limited to running across the map, ignoring your opponent's stuff, and trying to kill their retaliators, which just is not a good strategy against something that makes enough attacks and does enough damage. Um, it weakens. It definitely weakens the elders of the universe. It's true, but uh, I don't think it. I, I think it weakens your team enough against the rest of the team that it, it's not worth it. Gotcha. Yeah, that was good. that's a good way to put that. Um, and then Ryan's second question, uh, as about Star Trek, uh, we will be doing a full Star Trek set review um, up front. So, is the new Star Trek set worth investing in? Uh, I, I need to. I need to do some more research before I can fully say yes or no. Do you have a, an opinion, Devin? I'm very excited about a couple of the pieces out of it. Yeah. I don't know if I would say investing. I don't think investing in Heroclix is ever a great plan. <laughs> right. It's probably never a good idea. Um, but uh, I, I do think that there will be singles worth buying out of it, for sure. Um, mm. And if you're a fan of the show, you should go ahead and buy it and buy a case. I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. So, and yeah. I come into oh, yeah. to sell and buy some... <laughs> We are too. Star yeah. Trek, so uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll definitely be buying some of it. I really like the commander data that's been shown so far, um, and he's a shifting focus piece. So once we see the other one, he might get even better. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Robot keyword needed some help. It, it didn't prob, and now it has a very very good prob. So I'm interested in that. Borg Queen is interesting. The chases who are like kind of pseudo colossal retaliators are interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll be very interested to see how it actually impacts and Q obviously is very interesting I don't know that he's good but he does. He feels like he does too much to be bad oh man so Just, this was the first <laughs> yeah so I want to talk about Q more in depth but this was the first time that this, is my, that this statement of mine has been challenged like I have challenged my thought process on it and my, my statement is is that if a card has that much text <laughs> on it it has to be good um I, I said that for the first time whenever uni mind was previewed and i said i don't know what all he does on this first glance go back and uh go back and read uh, dead man from justice league set and tell me if you think that's true yeah so i'm sure and well i see i was reading this trigon he was played he was, on those weird yeah, I was Sorry. I was reading this uh, I was reading that Trigon you were talking about earlier, and I'm like, well, he looks good because he's got just a paragraph of text. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he has no move and attack, no willpower. Um, <laughs> is outwittable. Yeah, he was before they were giving quintessence team ability to anything but the quintessence, <laughs> so he suffers a lot from that. Yeah, and is 263 points, which is a weird point number nowadays. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, Drew Warren wants to know, how does it feel to be the most successful Canadian clicks player? Well, I still think that um, second at the Rock World Cup is pretty far up there. So uh, <laughs> I think Tom definitely has a legitimate claim on that title as well. But um, it's it's great to uh, to be doing so well lately, and uh, I'm really enjoying it and hoping that I can continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cole says, do you think you'd win in a fight versus a Canadian goose? I've been on, I've been on the receiving end of those. No, definitely not. (laughs) It comes down to whether or not it's uh, loyal to the soil. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Lucas Tom Van Holland, how does it feel to, okay, well, how does it feel to be the first Canadian? The first Canadian ever. Um, yeah. I no, uh, it, it feels good to, to be able to keep the uh, the national title at home for once. Yeah. Uh, it was a really talented field of players. Uh, there wasn't as many players as, as there could have been. Um, there was a little bit of short notice and a lot of life circumstances for, I know, uh, you, Dan, and, uh, and, and PJ, um, which prevented some, some people from attending who wanted to otherwise. But uh, I think everybody who, that, who was there was an awesome player and... Uh, and it felt really good to uh, to to beat that field. Yeah, for as far as Montreal was away from me, um, like distance wise, like the flights worked out that I could probably afford it. I just couldn't do it that short of a notice. Yeah, it, it was not great notice. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, yeah, PJ's uh, baby's uh, like two weeks old now, so. Uh, we're all we're all dealing with yeah, me. Congrats, me and to, congrats to you as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're uh, we're dealing with new dad stuff, so it's, it's it's something new all the time. So, um, Michael and I'm sorry, Michael. I don't want to mispronounce your last name, but Michael Littlefield B. Uh, how obnoxious are Americans regarding your win on a scale of one to five, with one being Screech from Saved by the Bell and five being Trump? I. I'm too young to know the Saved by the Bell <laughs> reference, really, I think. <laughs> um, I knew he was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but really, uh, everybody has been uh, has been actually very gracious about it and stuff. Uh, I, I've, I haven't, uh, haven't had anybody being obnoxious to me about it. I enjoy a little bit of friendly ribbing and stuff, so... Yeah, all good, all good. Um, yeah, Screech was an annoying... Uh, TV show character from the uh, late 80s, early 90s? Yep, before I was born. Man, I just... You know, you're, making me, <laughs> you're making me feel old. I can only imagine Jason right now. <laughs> yeah, you don't even... You know, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Drew Warren, you answered his question a little bit earlier. Um... Uh, what's what's your favorite set? You named your favorite piece. What was your favorite set so far? Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with Xavier's School. Uh, I'm a huge X-Men fan. Um, I'm gonna be buying as much of <laughs> animated series as I possibly can. Um, I, I just really love X-Men comics and, and characters. Uh, I wish that they were always competitively viable so that I could play them more frequently. Um, really, my only foray into competitive X-Men was uh, the Magneto, Lila Cheney, uh, Sam Cap team, um, which I 
built as well as soon as I saw that Lila Cheney being spoiled. Um, but uh, yeah, that that set is really good. It um, it's full of good, aggressively costed pieces. Sure. And uh, I love playing with it. Yeah. It's uh, it's going away soon, sadly enough. Yeah, that will be sad. It'll uh, be a huge hit to <laughs> X-Men's competitive viability. Yeah. At least I got to stick X-Men characters on every team as Collins. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Um, so have you gone back and watched all of the uh, X-Men animated series? No, it was on Netflix for a while. Um I could not get past that voice acting. It just felt like they were all sitting there reading off scripts. As much as I, I love the X Men, I I couldn't do that show. That's oh, I'm I have to say I'm a little disappointed because that that's part of its charm. Is how yeah, I feel like if I had watched it as a kid, it, I would be nostalgic about that and be like, oh, that's it's it's fine, it's awesome. But uh, seeing as I didn't, it just feels poor quality. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's shows like um, Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff that I did watch as a kid that I go back and I'm like, this isn't actually a good show, but I still really enjoy it because of the nostalgia factor. So I would definitely feel like that about X-Men if I had to, if I had watched that then. Sure, sure. No, I get you. My my example there was um, I showed uh, I tried to get my watch to wife uh, my wife to watch uh, Beast Wars with me. And if you've never seen Beast Wars, it was early 3D modeling or 3D like uh, animation, and uh, there was definitely uh, it was definitely better when I was a child. Um, it, it it's a little rough. Yeah, it is not aged, it did not age well. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't grow up on that one, so I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah I. I was disappointingly uh, exited out of that on Netflix, and um, it's like, okay, well, I guess we're watching something else now. Yeah, I always sad when something you remember so fondly isn't actually as good as you thought it was. That is true. We sell that to Jason whenever he brings out some old ass HeroClix piece. <laughs> <laughs> I really love showing up to local events with like local casual events with like bad old pieces. <laughs> People were like, "Why are you playing?" Yeah, they probably weren't. Yeah, not, they were probably good back in that in that time frame. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them were. <laughs> yeah, I'm not actually sure that Trigon was ever that good. <laughs> no, no, he 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 wasn't. No. <laughs> hey, under your under your under your <laughs> under your rules, yeah, under yeah, your rules say he was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, that's true. I want to petition for the. I want to petition for those rules to be real. Yeah, email WizKids. Uh, ask for it. <laughs> yeah. You need to list that out for me. Um, Michael <laughs> Paris wants to know: um, Were the Canadian Nats teams predictable for you? Did anything that you played or saw? I'm going to add in saw. Did anything you see being played uh, or you played against come as a surprise from your playtesting? So um, I had like three or four matchups that I was really concerned that I was going to face a lot. Um, there was Kobic Trader without Unseen, Kobic Trader with Unseen, which are very different matchups for my team. Um, and then Vulture and Double Astronomer. Um, I saw all of those. And one of them on the same team. I, I do think that Scott Crampton's Double Astronomer Vulture was one of the, the most fun teams that I saw there. 
Um, because it, it's known good stuff, but just played in a very different way. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. Also, uh, Tom's animal theme team was was fun. Not great, but fun. Right. Yeah. Last last minute, Tom. Yep. <laughs> he hey, was... he uh, he showed up to Ontario Provincials this year um, with an EarthX theme team that included Prime Venom from EarthX that he'd been tinkering with for a while, um, and uh, just won. So. Yeah, he won. I remember reporting on that. I was like, can he do more of that so he can make the common Prime worth more money? <laughs> yeah, I had like four of those at one point. Right. Yeah, but I can't give these away. I think I actually sold one for five dollars with with shipping. So shipping. Uh, um, so I sold it for five dollars. There's twenty percent fees or so from PayPal, and then uh, shipping is three dollars and fifty cents. So. <laughs> yeah, that really doesn't feel worth it. No. Um. Jeff Bozeman writes in, what would you say was your biggest win predating your Canadian National Championship? Yes, I saw this one. <laughs> Enjoyed Amber responding. Um, yeah, it was it was Team Worlds last year. Um, but uh, if we're if we're going to talk specifically about individual constructed events, which I think is fair because it's a very different thing winning a, a team sealed event than an individual constructed event. Um, I think then uh, this year I won New York States. Um, we did a Canadian invasion down there and uh, top three it, Jay, Tom, and I. Um, and I won a, uh, a regional in uh, Warren, Michigan, uh, where I had to go through uh, Tom, followed by Nate White, and then uh, Jay Major in the finals. So that was an awesome win as well over some really good players. Yeah, nice. Yeah, those are some good wins. Nice. And that was uh, Shredder J. Yes, it was. Yeah, I was playing uh, Starro Grandmaster there. Oh, yeah. Still yes. unsure whether it was actually good. <laughs> oh, I can already tell you, Starro's good. Oh, Starro's very good. I actually playtested him a bit for Canadian Nationals as well, but with so many Kobic Trader teams around, I kept mind-controlling things and then ending my turn. <laughs> it was like, okay, I mind-controlled you, and now I don't do anything because you don't anything you have no damage on your dial i can move you a bit yeah and attack and yeah uh, attack with my one damage no no I'll make them attack each other yeah exactly they that's... had one damage <laughs> oh that's right that's yeah, the yeah. problem right oh, there's no gotcha. damage mm -hmm. on that on those teams yeah so i tried uh kobe yeah. starro in a um win a map and um i got crit hit by a hair <laughs> And uh, Kobik did, that is. So yeah, of I, course. <laughs> I just um, slowly just kind of put that team back in the box, the, the figurative online box there. Yeah, um, I, I thought about that team as well, but it just felt too all-in on mind control in a meta where every piece is defensive. Yeah, so it, it worked out halfway decent until Kobik got crit hit, and then I was like, okay, well, I've just lost this game. Yeah, it feels like a team to keep in the back of your mind just in case the meta shifts enough that it's good. Uh, but in this particular one, I'm not sure <laughs> that it's playable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I want it to be good. I want Starro to be good again. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, and then um, I, I've long said that uh, Surtur is the best figure in the game um, because the ability to just ignore all defense powers is 
way too strong to be bad. If he had Cosmic Keyword, I think he'd be on pretty much every team. Um, so my New York State's win was with uh, a team that made Surtur normal-sized with Wasp Part of the Avengers. Uh, mm -hmm. Gave him Battle Fury with the Joker's Gas Canister, and then retaliated across the map at like 14 and 6 to mm -hmm. then attack normally afterwards. <laughs> it was right. a lot of fun to <laughs> Well, and it's one of those things that uh, we were just talking about this at the WKO. I was out this weekend. Uh, we underappreciated the, the time we had with the Joker gas canister. Yeah, totally. Nobody well, was playing it yeah. until like a month before it retired. Well, because well, yeah, because it that. But there was like a year there where it was legal and nobody played it. Well, the thing is, it came out whenever special objects couldn't be played with resources. Right. Because uh, that was so still just kind of forgot about it for a while. Yeah, I guess. yeah, it was it was old rules, and um, I think it was maybe Cedars had started playing it on Surter first, and everyone was kind of like, "Hey, that thing's a thing." Oh, probably Dustin Cedars pioneers a lot of cool stuff. Right. Um, yeah, especially with how popular Unimind was for a really long time there, and how shape change was such a huge part of his survivability, you would really think that. Joker's gas canister got saw more play, but yeah, didn't but then, for a really long time. It, it, it kind of came in at the same time that everyone was like, "Hey, we can just run across the map and blow up objects too." It's like we all collectively figured that out at once. Whenever uh, objects got to be too good, it's like, "Well, it's time to start shooting these things up," I guess. Yeah. So. Um, Kurt Thomas wants to know, congratulations, and how often do you practice meta? Your team builds are always creative. Uh, what is your method or process of building a team? Yeah, so I, I practice um, when, so leading up to events, I practice like a couple times a week. Um, I practice a lot with Emily. She's always up for a practice game uh, and with Jay a lot and then with the rest of the meta lab when they have time. Um, and uh, my, I, I do, I, I build fairly creative teams. Um, a lot of them are inspired by other people's teams. Um, Dustin Cedars and Nate White have both inspired a couple of my teams. They're they're very creative team builders as well. Um, uh, my team building process is generally I'll start with something that I really want to build around, and I'll just try to figure out what's the best with it. Like my New York State's winning team started with me going, how can I play Surtur and make him amazing. Just make Surtur the best he can possibly be. And ended up with that. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's a lot of times um, what it runs into. Especially if you don't want to, if you want to play something new. Right, you just kind of pick a piece and build around it. It's really hard to build in a manner that isn't focused necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at every piece in the game and try to figure out what's good, but it's just overwhelming, right? You have to start with something. Right. Yeah. Or you just get lost and scroll mm -hmm. up and down the list on HC Realms for a long time and build nothing. <laughs> yeah. I this... also just like building 10 teams and trying to figure out whether any of them are actually good. Yeah, or at least just starting with a figure that's good and yeah. seeing what can you do with it. Like, yeah, if there's a, I often call that just a thought exercise. Like, uh, can I make this piece do this? Whatever that might be. 
like in your case, can how good can you make Surtur? And it, you were happy with how good you could make Surtur, so you played the team. Yeah. Yeah, I had like a variant that was Wasp Part of the Avengers Infinity and like a bunch of Flora Colossi. And the plan was just to make a wall across the map with Flora Colossi and then move Surtur's in front and shoot with them when they were normal sized. That one wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it starts out with it starts. It's yeah, exactly. Sometimes it starts out with something like that, but then it turns out to be something, you know, a winning team evolves from that. But it's that continual thought process that you know most good team builders go through all the time. And I totally recommend reading through winning lists and stuff. There's some real gems in there a lot of the time. Um, That even if you don't want to just copy them, um, building something based on them is a really good way to start trying to optimize a little more or just taking whatever you think the core mechanic of it is and trying to figure out what's a better way to do it mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff I think it's a very good plan yep I agree with that um, Mr. J. Solomon wants to know if you could choose a figure for winning Canadian Nationals what would it be and why would it be Adam Smasher Feels like there's a backstory there. Yeah, so um, when I won uh, when I won Team Worlds last year, Jay was trying to get me to make Adam Smasher uh, because it's one of his favorite characters, and he just kept like trying to ask me questions that would trap me into saying that I was making Adam Smasher. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was really funny. Um, we stayed in the same Airbnb, and he was e-transferring me money, and the security question to accept it was what character you're going to make with the answer being Adam Smasher. Oh man, I tell you, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> we um and of course, you know, Tyler's on our team. Um yep. and we just I can tell you we, we can we honestly just avoid talking about it. Yeah. Like he doesn't tell us anything we don't, you know, we just want to know when everybody else knows because, yeah. you know, we don't want uh, anybody to be in danger of violating an NDA. So, yeah, absolutely. We just, uh, we just don't ask. I mean, trust me, like, would I love to know every, like, intimate detail of what goes into designing a figure and what all you get to do? Sure, but, um, you know, I'll maybe we'll just have to earn that opportunity for myself, hopefully. Someday. So I can tell you this: designing a map is a lot of fun. So I hope that the the figure designers get to have as much fun designing a figure as I have getting to design two maps. So. Yeah. <clears throat> but. Anyways, next question: Jeff Colossus, another almost Canadian. Um, is there a map that you bring with you and put on almost every team? I can't help but have the office and un- slash underground cavern on most teams myself. Yeah, I'm not sure I remember the last time underground cavern wasn't on a, uh, on a build sheet of mine. It's just such a good map. Whenever you need something indoor that has just enough blocking but just enough lines of fire, it's just a well-balanced map if you don't want your opponent to be able to see you from across the map. Want to hide some colossals for a bit, all that kind of stuff. Right, and then the opposite side of that map is great for teams that want to see the entire map all the time. Yep. Yeah, I 
don't run that one nearly as often just because uh, that one's I think that that's more of a double-edged sword a lot of the time if you can see your opponent all the time they can see you all the time yeah I mean just depending on the team right absolutely yeah there are definitely teams where it's really really good um, the team that I played in the qualifier uh, for Canadian Nationals just to practice was um, the the Kobik Miss Marvel team um, but it also included the skull with a spectral ring um, which allows him to just ping things for one <clears throat> anywhere on the map. Yes, that's uh, that's an insane combination. Yeah. yeah, it feels a little slow, but I'm sure that there's a shell in which it would be like ridiculously good. Yeah, it just depends on if you can get, because usually Skull's your leadership piece, but if you can get a good chance of getting a token off of him turn two, then I think it's even yeah. better. But the problem yeah, is, not is that having it, willpower is rough for it. But if you if you have enough leadership, it can be. Yeah. Um, no willpower, and then his keyword is, you know, only good Perfect. for only good for Tom Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do wish that we'd gotten um, ruler on him. It was on the fast forces version, but not the main set one. Yeah, I don't know what the difference there was. <laughs> Comic book wise, um, I have no idea. <laughs> um, David Cullen wants to know how was your. Um, let's ask this: When it was the final match, uh, how did it feel as soon as they called last action? Um, so they didn't get a chance to call last action. Uh, the game ended before that, but uh, it felt really, really great. Um, it was awesome to play. Uh, a good friend of mine, Mike White, in the finals. Um, it was cool to know before the finals even started that we were finally getting a, a Canadian champion of Canadian Nationals. Um, but obviously it felt really, really good to win as well. Yeah, that's good. How Did you know how much time was left? Did they tell you how much time was left on the clock when you won? We got all of the prizes and then the uh, timer went off. Oh, wow. So you guys a had bit of time left. quite a bit of time <laughs> left. Wow. Yeah, I, I just... Uh, that map, getting an indoor map just disadvantages him so much and not having the mobility from the blue cube disadvantages him so much in that matchup that uh, there wasn't that much he could do, I don't think. If he'd won map, it would have been a very different game. Sure, sure. Um, Colin Bill uh, writes in, um, well, so we talked about your matchups and we've talked about counters. Um, and then so for everyone... Um, did we learn anything new about the meta scene from this tournament? Um, I think for me, and you kind of talked about this, was uh, team, what I call team good stuff, is always viable. So that would be your double astronomer vulture. Yep. Um, and then we kind of experienced that at RWKO with uh, Hulk and Vulture together. Um so just don't overlook just throwing a bunch of good stuff together and playing it really well yeah it's true really uh, as long as your pieces are good enough map roll doesn't matter for some teams as much as people think people look at every team and want it to be themed uh, but there are some teams that just thrive on any map and would be better if they played a figure that was off theme than if they played a figure that was on theme. Like Scott Crampton's team, for example, was two astronomers, a Mr. Oz, a Groot, and a Vulture. 
other than the vulture, that's cosmic theme, right? <laughs> right. But he decided it would just be a better team if he played a vulture instead of a, a another cosmic piece because it still would have only been like plus five. Yeah, which well, isn't that likely to win map in this environment, yeah. and it would have made his opponent have an easier choice of what map to put him on. Sure. <clears throat> so uh, Nathan Deal, uh, we kind of talked about his team, uh, how your team worked, but um, uh, remind us again, what was your gems that you selected the most? Right. Uh, so actually, not even the most. Every game, <laughs> I selected one time gem and one space gem. Um, there were matchups that I thought about before the tournament where I was like, well, maybe I'll have to pick a power gem on uh, a trader just to have more threats. Um, or uh, take two space gems to have farther reach. Like if I ended up facing double astronomer on an open map, I would have taken two space gems so that I could run across the map and take their power gems and give, my, and give them space gems. Um, but I just didn't end up facing those matchups, so I didn't end up uh, actually swapping gems. Gotcha. But it's definitely something that you have to consider when you're playing the team. You you don't want to just default not switch gems. It just happened in my particular matchups that I that I always wanted a second prob. A second prob is never bad. Oh yeah, more probs always good. Three perplexes and two probs is a pretty good spot to be. You mm -hmm. can get a cyclops to six damage, and then you'll have two probs on the attack. Yep. Uh, Scott Crampton wants to know what it was like to face the Scott Crampton and always beat him senseless. <laughs> Scott's always a fun opponent. <laughs> we faced in the last round of Swiss, um, and uh, we just had a, a really fun game. And uh, he played a good team, and we pr we uh, play tested a bit um, before the event on the on the Friday. So it was, uh, it was good to see him and hang out with him. <laughs> gotcha. So he says, Devin, if I had won, I would have had to leave instead of playing. I would have given you all my prizing for the opportunity to roll off for the championship. Now, you did you beat him in top cut? No, I beat him in the last round of Swiss. Okay, he made so... it to the top four, but uh, faced Mike. Gotcha. So would you... Uh... Would you have rolled off for the prizing? No, or would I think you roll off? Of a guy. Rolled off for the championship. That is. Yeah. He said he would have given you the prizing if he could have gotten the ch the chance at the championship. Yeah, I think I I just will always um, want getting the championship or not to come down to how good I am at the game, not luck. Um, so as bad as I would have felt that he had made it all the way to the finals and had to leave, I still don't think I could have accepted a roll-off for the championship. Fair enough. Like, Scott, you just don't make it to make your flight. <laughs> right, so I guess if he has to leave, right, you could have just made Scott concede. Yeah, that, that was the alternative, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds even better. Would have sucked. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, not for you. Terrible. Yeah, what? not for you. I would have made Scott concede. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Scott. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry, Scott. <laughs> but, um... Uh, let's see. Is that... A, no, we got uh, a couple more questions. Two uh, more. Yeah. Two more. Is there an Iron Throne somewhere in Canada? 
I actually think there was for a while. There was like a promo for um, Game of Thrones, and there was one hidden somewhere in like the Yukon or something <laughs> that somebody found. That sounds, um, that sounds cold. But it's yeah, right. <laughs> I guess it's appropriate. Um, but as far as I know, no, I, I I don't get an actual throne, unfortunately. Devastated. You uh, you just get an atom smasher. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Zach Strong, uh, congratulations again. Um, and his question is: Did you test any other teams leading up to the event, or did you decide on your build fairly early? Well, it was the day before, right? So yeah, I I tested so many teams. Um, I showed up. I tested like the week before. I tested two or three teams. I had tested a team for the WKO the week before that I ended up losing every game with and deciding not to play because. It was high variance and not great. Um, and then the, once I actually got there, I tested three or four more teams. I tested like a mystical theme team that I didn't think was very good, a Kobic Miss Marvel team, which was almost good, but not quite. And then um, I can't remember what else I tested, but I think one or two other things before I settled on uh, this one. Cool. Just wanted to come up with a team that was solid enough that I thought it could uh, could do really well. And, and, and that it did. Yep. <laughs> so let's uh, let's roll into final thoughts. Um, Jason, what's your final thoughts? Um, I don't know. Mangog. Right. <laughs> Man, Mangog. Mangog for the win. Will that hey. piece ever be bad? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I think if your Mangog always crits hits, <laughs> that it's uh, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Don't think you can go wrong with a Goog crit hitting. Um, final thoughts, Devin. Um, it was an awesome tournament. A lot of really good competitors. Uh, I um, also went undefeated in Swiss last year and then flamed out in the top eight in horrible fashion. Made like four or five mistakes in the game and lost by like 50 points or something. <laughs> um so it was awesome this year to be able to maintain my form through the through the top eight and uh, actually make it out with a win. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. And uh, you know, my final thoughts is I hope we uh, we'll be doing Star Trek review. Yeah. Hopefully later this week. We're recording this on Tuesday, so this will probably be up on a Wednesday. Um, we'll be doing Star Trek review later this week. Um, hope to see lots of folks at Gen Con next week. And lots of folks at uh, Worlds uh, in just a few more weeks after that. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Clicks Off today, and we'll talk to you all next time.